0: This story falls under the category of private investigative situations. And the story comes from a case that there was a fraudster who had been indicted, arrested, and actually had been to prison over a scam with his business where he had financed things fraudulently, put fake loans on things, stolen money. He actually had some ownership interest in a bank that was found to be fraudulent. And as part of his legal problems, it created financial problems for him and his business, and he basically went bankrupt. So he filed bankruptcy. And as a resourceful person with maybe bad intentions, he wanted to try to keep some money and hide some money outside the bankruptcy. So after all his legal problems were over, he'd have some money to start fresh with and not be bankrupt starting from zero. So he obviously couldn't keep cash in a bank. He couldn't keep, you know, houses, cars, planes, boats, cause that would be easy to discover. So he put down a list of his assets and you know, the bankruptcy court allows you to keep certain things. You can keep some furniture in your house, some clothes on your back, a certain type of car. You can't have a luxury car, but they do allow you to keep a car and certain other assets, maybe some money. So he listed all of his assets and he went through his legal problems and out the other side, there was more money available to this person than the court or even some of the debtor, I'm sorry, creditor victims thought was appropriate. Some of the people who had lost money in this legal tsunami and in this bankruptcy saw this person spending money, having money, starting a business and was wondering, where does this money come from? So they, there was two investigations that were operating simultaneously. One was the government was saying, look, you filed bankruptcy and you have money. We need to find out what's going on. Some of it was the private individuals and companies that lost money hired investigators to look at it. And they searched high and low. They didn't find anything out of the ordinary. They didn't find any bank accounts, but the guy had money. And at one point, an investigator, had gone to visit the home of this um, this person um, to look at some things or to talk to him about something and made a curious observation. He was looking at the furniture in the house and it was nothing special, it was old furniture, wasn't any you know modern, expensive stuff. There wasn't a lot of art on the walls, but took a few photos and did some consultation with other investigators and some other experts and discovered what this debtor had done was prior to the bankruptcy, had gone to various antique furniture auctions, Sotheby's and some of the other high-end auctions and bought hundreds of thousands of dollars in antique furniture. To the untrained eye, it just looks like an old chair, but it could be worth $5,000. To an untrained eye, it it looks like a an armoire could be worth $15,000 or a chip and tail dresser or Hepplewhite white furniture. And even though the house was relatively small and modest, this furniture added up to be many hundreds of thousands of dollars. And what he did was he would just sell a piece when he needed cash and nobody was the wiser. Well, people were the wiser. And once this was discovered, uh, a formal investigation was concluded and they found that the, this furniture was worth a lot of money they found the receipts to where it was purchased at the sotheby's auctions they also found some of the sales of these pieces um, after the fact and that the money went to him and because of that it was actually a very interesting case not only was he disgorged of all this extra furniture but he actually had to go back to jail for bankruptcy fraud for hiding this inventory that was worth money That was right under everybody's nose, but just didn't appear to have value because most people wouldn't recognize a reproduction or an old chair at your grandma's house versus a $15,000 luxury antique. And that's the story of the antique bankruptcy fraud case.